We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This hour is brought to you by Cars for Kids. Call 1-877-CARS-WITH-A-K, the numeral 4, KIDS. The Bernstein and Holmes Show. Middays 10 a.m. till 2 on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Flashback. That's it. It's over. It's all over. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes. Today is a celebratory day. It is? The White Sox season's officially over. It's over. It's all over. The 2022 White Sox are, are, are not going to darken our doorstep again. We don't have to deal with them anymore. Three hours later. Jason Leisure. Like, everybody's mad at Sam Muster, for, for example. Because he sucks. They think, he, they think he's the big problem. Dan is just so done with the Bears. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. I'm not done with it. I bring up a name. Oh, this guy sucks. Jason <laughs> brings up a name. Oh, that guy sucks, am I, too. Am I wrong? I waste three hours of my week sitting there in front of my television throwing the remotes and couch cushions. All I'm saying is that, Dan, our Bears discussion today has been you going, this guy sucks. Well, it's like, that well, Nikhil Harry's going, everything's going to be fine when this bad receiver comes back no who no one else wanted. Going well, everything will be great. Well, who's coming back? Is he good? No. But is it going to be better? Maybe. He's, probably not. He's different. One minute, 37 seconds later. People are saying they don't like Sam Mustafer. For good reason. He keeps getting his dumb ass shoved into the backfield. That's not his job. He's actually What's, really smart. I, I know he is. He's, he, he's super smart. But when the best aspect of your ability, your job as an offensive lineman in the NFL, is to take the guy in front of you and push him backwards. And you can have a 1,550 SAT and still get your ass driven back and still snap it into your own scrotum every time. You can't do that. He only did that twice last That's week. too many. Bernstein and Holmes, your midday destination. Destination for Chicago Sports Talk. I'm mad. I'm angry. I can prove it. I have an erection. I'm mad at all of you. On Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Dumbass. Ah. As Lynn Bramer would say, it's Friday. It's great to be alive. Welcome to the Birds Holmes Show. How are you? Good morning. Jeez. <laughs> I don't remember saying anything. My of that, life but. with Angry Man. <laughs> Let the record show. Hey, buddy. Ah, oh, jeez. 
Yeah, we're going to talk football with Nate Tice. We'll talk basketball with Kevin Kugler and stuff with Dan Wetzel and basketball with Will Purdue. And we got a lot of baseball as well here as uh, we'll be here until 2 o'clock today as we broadcast live from the Hyundai Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. We have Ray Diaz. We have Mike Rankin, who put together that lively, lovely open. And Brandon Fryer, Connor O'Donnell helping out. As well. Yes, whoever is here and is willing to help us, we appreciate your help. And we need it. Thank you. We definitely need your help today. There's so much stuff. Like, I was thinking about I mean, obviously, we're going to have Will Purdue on the show. But I was looking at the rundown. I'm going, man, there's not enough time for us to kind of talk about Patrick Beverly's debut as a bull like the NBA has been gone so I've been in in a different show prep mode but what's to really talk about we don't what are they doing what's the point what are they doing their point is they would like to generate some revenue Dan great I'm serious that's what this whole thing is is that they want to make it so that they at least have some sort of play in awe me um, that's <laughs> turning into Bumblebee Man. This is Mrs. Jones. Uh, that that's what they, they Mrs. want. Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones. There's a there's an episode of a different world where uh, Walter and Jalisa go to an Italian restaurant and. And they had gone there before, and this song was playing. And so they go back, and the server, the server remembers, and so he's he's singing the song, but he he's like adding his own like Italian flair to it. I'm not even gonna, gonna get us in trouble, Ray. See if you can find it. Cause it's it's one of the funniest things that happened on that show. He's just he's like. He, he, we got a thing going on. It's not easy to act. It's it's pretty funny. Uh anyway. So, but yeah, like I've like I, it's been because I haven't had the chance. I haven't had to worry about watching the Bulls all week. So it's given me a chance to catch up on some of the things that I've wanted to watch. I've been able to check in on a bunch of different college basketball games, and I feel oh while you were gone. I who are we talking? Who were Layla and I talking college basketball with? Or maybe it was who, who else? Was, me and Big Ant were talking about it with. I can't even remember the shows that we've done this week because we've done so many shows. It's ridiculous. It feels like it was two weeks ago. Well, who, I, who did we have on to talk college buckets? It was, it was, Clark, it was Clark Kellogg. Kellogg. So I asked Clark Kellogg. You know how I told you? I texted you. I'm like, yeah, Dan. This is this tournament's going to be. Buck Wild. Yeah, because no one's any good. Clark agrees. He, I, I said, I'm looking at the top 35 teams in the country, and I'm not seeing any real separation. And he said he, that's exactly what he expects this tournament. I think the tournament's going to be fantastic. I think it's going to be like every every day of the tournament going to be like, wait, they lost to them. Oh, cool. And then usually it gets super chalky by the time you get to the second weekend. But I expected, and, and last night was uh, another example of it. And th- that game looked like a team that was ready to be knocked out. And then Northwestern didn't shoot very well. And Illinois was like... And the team that had the more talented players decided to let the more talented players just play. 
Yes. And it, Sometimes less is more. And it worked out. It worked out. But, yeah, the Bulls are back tonight. Okay. And right. they, they want to – I think that – I think it's the wrong way to go about this. I'm I'm not a big fan of asking professionals to tank, but I, I do think that, that going into this, the, the way that the Bulls are looking at it, where before their six-game losing streak, they could have realistically said, how about will we try and get to that sixth seed and not be in the play-in? Now, there's really no chance of that unless, they're, unless Patrick Beverly brought along miracles. Like, he has a bunch of miracles that are available to him and he can dole them out whenever he deems it fit. The best possible thing is the Bulls end up in the play-in. And I obviously will cover it. That doesn't feel very good. There's a part of me that looks at the the opportunity for them to get their pick back Uh, and go. You know how that ends. That ends they end up with fifth. five, right? Yep. You you know that the the way that works is they end up with the highest possible pick that isn't theirs, and that would that's the the nightmare scenario. And it really there are so many things that the the more you the more you project where they are, unless they can get what they want for Demar Derozan and or Zach Levine in the off season and really try to advance this. And maybe that maybe it happens draft night, who knows, but I'm holding out hope that they see what we see, because if this whole thing is wait for Lonzo to, to heal up and get your, get your infinity stone back, because that's, that's really what they, they, they the mind stone, right? Like that, that's what it is. Get vision in like here. And every, get that mind stone. Everything works when they, they're, they're, Lonzo's this infinity stone. I don't think they're getting it. There's also a possibility, and I, I can't wait to see how this plays out. Maybe I'm wrong, and I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again. Lonzo, Lonzo, Zach has been talking about Patrick Beverly like, man, you know, we've been trying to get him in here, and we need a vocal leader, and we haven't had one since Thad was here. You know, every indictment on him and his... What's he going to say? Make make more threes. I just I just don't know if Zach is actually ready to be Patrick Beverly's teammate. It, it's one of those things where you see it from afar and you go, man, we could use a guy like that. And the first time he goes over, he goes, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> the, the first time that Patrick Beverly calls you out in a game, how are you going to react to that? And then Goran Dragic goes over and goes, that's my job. You're stealing my bit. That's my bit. I'm the guy who ordered the code red. And I, I'm just wondering if, if Zach, oh, yeah, you know, this is my guy, and we've been trying to get him here, and this is exactly what we need. And then Patrick Beverly is going to be like, hey, man, you ain't playing right. Why don't you play right? I don't have to do that. I'm the guy with the max contract. I want these billboards for urgent care. You stop. He's trying to get people vaccinated. I have a Mountain Dew commercial and a he's, New Balance deal. I'm a superstar. A, he's got a bunch of Mountain Dew commercials. With, I'm a superstar. Charlie Day and stuff. Right? Do, 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 do,
He's like, making fun of him because he's got a national chain. Like Chris Bryant got traded, and Zach's like, "I'll I'll take that deal." And there's nothing wrong with people getting their B twelve shots. No, I, it's it's fine, but it's like other guys have like you know Humvee, and Come on, <laughs> like IBM or whatever it is. He's working his way towards that. Okay. Now that he's a max contract guy. That stuff's going to start rolling in. Okay. So he's got what? that. <laughs> <laughs> he's got. Uh-huh. You know that his Mountain Dew deal could buy and sell both of us like I, two times I, over, I'm right? I'm not comparing him to me. I'm just comparing him to, to actual superstars. Just saying, man. <laughs> it's fine that he's on billboards around Chicago it's wanting cool. people to be healthy. Yes. Yes. That's, that's so. Would you, I've I've been doing a lot of driving, you know, oh. and now less driving now that the kid's driving himself. Oh, good! He finally got his damn license. He's a senior in high school. Finally got his license. Fine. And the other one does not have a license. She she doesn't. No, junior in college, and and uh, she. I think she's gonna get it this summer. Okay, that's a good idea. But God, good luck to you when she's on the road. I mean, who? I mean, good. luck. How do you know that? I just I'm 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 just concerned about distraction and overall sense of direction and oh lord she's very very smart she's a brilliant brilliant woman but i i, I remind myself if my sister can drive my daughter can drive. Gee, your sister out here the, catching strays the, too the worst the worst we used to joke you put her at the end of the driveway she couldn't find her way home oh my god yeah. well it's a good she spent her adult life in new york right she, so she didn't correct she's in brooklyn and she can drive but you don't really need a car there you don't have to <laughs> but so the whole but, Bernstein so, family catching strays yeah. from you today. But so the, the Chicago area billboards are it's like Brian Erlacher has pubic hair on his head. <laughs> Ryan Ryan Sandberg is high as hell. Oh, no. And 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 Zach Levine wants you to to go get your shots. We don't know like with Erlacher, I don't think that that's the case. This is not Dom Capers. <laughs> oh, dude, what are you doing? Dom if you haven't, if you haven't seen, come on, man. If you have been like, wait, I think I know what Dom Capers uh-uh. looks like. No, we thought we found the thing that lived on Ernie Acorsi's head, and we think it left and it found a new home. Ah! It jumped up like like a scared cat, and it and it scurried across the floor like an alien face hugger, and it jumped onto Dom Capers' head. If you think, look, I I remember NFL veteran coach Dom Capers. I know what he looks like. Mm-hmm. Do a search. Do a search. Whatever whatever that is at, at it's that a, press it's, conference. It's a lot of fiction. It, it's some sort of fiction. I tend to believe that it is it is a a piece of hair that can, can be bought. No. I don't think so. I think it is an absolutely Hall of Fame elaborate comb over comb around. So you think it's a comb over comb around with a dye job? Because yeah, they, they only he's make got, that color of black for cars. He he's got something like swirled and whirled and, and screwed, blued and tattooed. Earl I mean, Shive is the only person that can get that color of black. Paint any car for ninety nine ninety nine. I'm Earl Shive. <laughs> I'll paint any car, any color for ninety nine ninety five. Uh-huh. 
but go look it up. If you don't know what we're talking about, I retweeted a, a tweet with the picture from our Twitter account, at Bernsey Holmes, and I retweeted my favorite tweet about this picture from our guy, Tashawn Reed from The Athletic, who we had on earlier this week, who wrote, this looks like one of those edits where they give a white man waves. It does. It also looks like Lego Man. Yes. That's what it looks like. It looks like the hair that you would plop onto a Lego character. But but that's it. That, so but he doesn't have billboards here though, because so, because Erlacher has those billboards. That's what he does. And then it's Ryan Sandberg holding a bat over his shoulder, saying marijuana makes me interesting. <laughs> well, apparently Dan has candy for everybody today. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's talk some White Sox when we come back on the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Bernstein and Holmes on this Friday, and it's okay to say some nice things about the White Sox every once in a while. And I've been trying to figure out like we should do some sort of sounder. For Bernstein and Holmes say nice things about the Sox. Boy, oy, oy, oy. <laughs> well, I'm thinking the beginning of New Pollution by Beck. Okay. I'm thinking a little dreamy, little yeah. floaty. Yeah. I think we should use that. Like whenever we, when there are nice things to be said about the White Sox. But here, here's the thing. This may fall into the category of damning with faint praise. No. Okay. I think there are a lot. I actually think there's going to be a bunch of cool stuff that, and for between now and the beginning of the season, there's already stuff that I'm going. Oh, that's kind of cool. Now, granted, we won't get tweeted at or texted. Or called by the White Sox, or or get you know like backhanded references right. from members of White Sox management in in stories in the Athletic when we say nice things about the White Sox like that Uh-oh! that won't happen. Right, there won't be little petty grievances right. and grudges. Yeah, there there and, and, and needless immature battles. Yeah, there won't okay, be any good, of that good. when we say the nice stuff about the White Sox. That'll, I, that's that'll good. be that'll be completely ignored, Dan. Like whenever we say the nice stuff, completely ignored by them. But there are a lot of cool things that that are happening at Camelback Ranch. So yesterday, our buddy Ryan McGuffey was on the show. And we had a long conversation about a bunch of stuff, including the White Sox Talk podcast episode. But I felt like the headline 
from the talk with Guff yesterday had to do with the way the White Sox are doing things in Arizona this year under Pedro Grifol. They're doing drills here that are very detail-oriented about the little things that lost them a lot of games. One-hop drills, I mean, at a very close distance with their back turn where they blow a whistle and boom, ball's already in motion, and they're, and they're picking it. Uh, pop, pop-ups with tennis, ra- tennis balls on te- tennis rackets where the catchers are throwing the mask off and looking up and having to make a play that's tough. Things that, I don't, these are like, like I said, it seems very elementary and like PFP-type stuff at spring training, but they're doing these little things that Pedro Grifol has seen from across the diamond over the last few years by being the bench coach of the Kansas City Royals. And the one thing I like, the message he told to the team is that he's not talking about what the goal of spring training is, what the expectations of 2023 are. He's saying, here's our goals for the next five days. And that's what, that's what we're focused on. We're going to accomplish these three things. At the end of the five days, we go back to we accomplish our goals. What were we short on? What were we, what were we great on? Boom, here's our goal for the next five days. You know, with the PFP, by the way, pitching, fielding practice. Pitcher fielding practice. But what it sounds like to me, just doing a little detective work here, it's, it sounds, and I know this is a bit inscrutable, so I'm, I'm, I'm pulling from a lot of different places here to try to come up with a, with a picture in my mind's eye. But this appears to be managing a baseball team uh-huh. To prepare for a season. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. It, it, how about that? Like, how about we work on the things that you're not good at? Let's let's do some of that and see if we can figure out are some of the issues reaction time or is it placement? Like, it, it's it's really simple. Like, where you're doing kind of a diagnostic on each of the players to try and make them better at what it is they do. I love the tennis racket idea. Also saves guys because hitting pop-ups is not fun, nor is it easy. The last time I saw something like that, do you remember Tony Campana on the Cubs? He's very fast. Yes, and had a giant glove. Yes. He was a little man with a massive glove. Because, you know, he needed it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's fine. fine. You could just say he needed it. Right. And one of his drills was a a racquetball. And they would take a racquetball racket and smack a racquetball, and he would chase it down. He'd he'd go catch it. Because he was fast. But, yes, Yes. I I think that, um, I think, Dan, that that your detective work on this is top-notch. I think you have cracked the code of what Guff was talking about when he was talking about what was happening. They're running drills to prepare for a baseball season. Right. So this is really going to blow your mind, okay? Whoa. If if you've already been like, wow, look at Pedro Grifol out here managing a baseball team and preparing them for a season, I've got more, like, good White Sox stuff for you. Like, very positive White Sox stuff. You're not going to believe what Pedro Grifol had to say about the batting order. I spent a lot of time researching where to put who to, to best give us the value and the production that we need to maximize our run score. Um, and then when you put the names down on paper, you realize that this lineup's pretty deep. And then when you add Andrews to the lineup, it gets even deeper. So 
Um, it's a really good problem to have. We got versatile guys that can hit in a lot of different places in the order. So I have kind of an idea, but it's too early. He's researching the order in which to deploy his hitters. Right. I spent a lot of time researching where to put who. Yeah. Look at look at us. Look at us. Look at us. The manager of the White Sox thinks that it's a good idea to research where people should be in a lineup. Yeah, this is this is like Matt Nagy 200 level stuff. Right? Because you know, it's important. You know, to win baseball games. Mm-hmm. So you research it and you say, here's an idea. I'm going to put a guy in a place for a reason. Right. And not just because the bats look good. Mm-hmm. You see those at bats? I'm not going I I don't suspect and maybe he will at some point. I don't suspect Pedro Grafol is going to be like, you know who should bat first? Is Sealer is in bats? That guy. I can't imagine that any of his research would tell him Leori should be leading off or Leori should get more at bats than Eloy. Because that's the way you kind of have to look at it. You, you're, the top of your order should be the guys who you want to bat more often. Right. So guys like Andrew Vaughn, and Eloy Jimenez, who get on base and driving runs, that they should be hitting more. Like, you're better hitters. Over the course of a season, when you add up the number of plate appearances that you want to distribute on your team, you right. want to make sure that your good hitters have more of them. Right. Tim Anderson should have more at-bats. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a good idea. See, Dan? This is sound Baseball chatter here on the score this morning mm-hmm. because, you know, logic. That not that all we've been asking for? That's all, that's all that any of us have been asking for is make, make it make sense. Make it make sense. That's make, all- make it make sense. And the fact that seeing Andrew Vaughn at first base makes sense. Yep. That looks normal. <laughs> it looks more normal it- than... Him in the outfield. Than him running to the corner to pick up the ball. But in Andrew Vaughn's defense, I will give the young man a lot of credit. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. I'm not mad at him. And they basically were like, hey, Andrew, can you play outfield? No. Well, you're playing outfield. Okay. I'll go out there and give it a go. And he didn't embarrass himself out there. But this is more natural. That he, what are you laughing at? Dexter. <laughs> seven, seven, three. I can imagine the blank stares Pedro got when he told White Sox ops he wanted to research the batting order. <laughs> well, no. like, <laughs> They're like What? White Sox ops <laughs> was doing all of that yeah, they, stuff. Yeah, they actually were. They the. <laughs> There were people working very, very hard who were creating a dossier for every single game that was completely ignored because the manager was too busy sleeping. It's like Ray. drinking. Ray gives us all this stuff every day, and then we're like, hey, where's the blah, blah, blah? You mean in the packet of things that I gave you this I morning? I look at the packet. You two morons? I always look at the packet. 
I even look at uh, these score promos sponsored things we're supposed to read. Is, are we supposed to read one now? No. The next segment when we talk about the Cubs. We talk about the Cubs. I, I'm supposed to read this. I got it. I'm on it. I'm a radio professional. Damn it. Yeah, you're you're really proving it today. Yeah, I'm... <laughs> you can teach a class on this show. <laughs> Let's talk some Cubs when we come back. David Ross was on with Mully and Haw with Zach Zaidman sitting in this morning, and there was one particular question that elicited a a curious tap dance from our buddy Rossi, and I get it, and he wanted to navigate his way out of it. But I think he just kind of wanted to run out the clock on on the answer and and went to a place that was a little questionable. We'll we'll talk about that next on the score. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes, middays ten to two on six seventy the score in Odyssey Station. We're in a restaurant, and this is our anniversary, and you are ruining it. Oh, I am ruining it. Lobster al diavolo, poor the happy couple, and now. In honor of your anniversary, I've prepared a little surprise. Me and Signora Jones, we got a thing that's going on. We both know that it's wrong, but it's much too strong to let it go now. Shout out to Ray to find that because that's a that's a deep cut right there. That's a deep cut. I had to go through some blogs and years old blogs. Look, man, I watch reruns of A Different World every day. I recently rewatched the whole, pretty much the whole thing, a lot of it. Well, there's there's been a discussion online. I think it was Jamel Hill who actually brought it up, where she's like, "Does does the different world only exist in the world where we took season one away? Like, should season one just be totally thrown out when we're talking about a different world? Because there wasn't a lot of connective tissue." Like, even if you watch season one, it wasn't like a, the only kind of ongoing theme was Denise is a screw up and, and Dwayne was in love with her. But then by the end of it, it's just like, they kept bringing the other Huxtables down to Hillman and stuff. And Theo's there for some reason, even though he got it in NYU, like it's, it's crazy. And then season two was like, Hey, now this is a HBCU. Was that when Marissa Tomei showed up in season two? No, she was, she left at the end of season one. She left for Europe at the end of season one. And according to Kadeem, they were all nervous because Debbie Allen came and took over the show for season two. And so he and Marissa were like, we should have, we should pitch us being a couple. And that's how we'll save our jobs. And Debbie Allen was like, well, you still have a job, but there's not going to be a place for Marissa Tomei. She's like, that's okay. I'm going to go win an Oscar. Right. I'm going to go. I'll be I'll be over here winning an Oscar. Right. I'll be right. over here doing this stuff. But, you know, like they had like three different dorm directors in that first season. It was, it was very clunky. 
So I don't know. I I I I don't have a sense for how other people who love that show feel about season one and whether or not that's how they remember the series. So earlier today, David Ross, the manager of the Cubs, was on the score on the Mulligan Haw show. Zach Zaidman sitting in today, and Mike Mulligan asked Rossi about the article in the Athletic that Ken Rosenthal wrote. And really, it's not for anybody who's been paying attention. It's not news to know that there were people in the Cubs organization that thought that Wilson Contreras' handling of pitchers and his receiving left something to be desired. Among everything else, it just wasn't the the best part of his game. And in this paragraph, it said, Contreras' approach occasionally frustrated Cubs manager David Ross, a former catcher in the team's coaching staff, according to sources with knowledge of the situation who were granted anonymity to speak candidly. Contreras prepared, he worked hard, but he did not always prepare and work in the way coaches wanted. So you got David Ross on, you got to ask him about that, and they did. I read that article, somebody sent me that. You know, I don't think that there's much, I didn't see any facts in there that that Ken wrote, and I respect Ken's ability and and what he's done in this game, but I love Wilson. I, I don't have any bad things to say about Wilson and I would, you know, as a former catcher, I would I would give real pause to anybody questioning game calling and preparation. Um, unless you've caught, um, you should never be commenting on those things. I I think Wilson's a championship caliber catcher. That's why uh, he got such a big contract. I think uh, the industry showed you what kind of worth he has. And, you know, he's a brother for life for me, World Series brother. I don't have any negative things to say about Wilson. That guy went out every single day and played hard, played for this organization extremely hard, was a part of a lot of winning here. So without bashing anybody that that writes stuff, you know, I didn't I didn't see anything in that, that article that would, would give any um, you know, credibility to that, you know, like you said, anonymous stuff and, right. and, and no factual stuff. Wilson Wilson's a really good player and you know what three time all stars, only a couple of those in Chicago Cubs history. I think the frustration on my end always comes with losing and trying to find ways to do that. So that's probably all I have to say about that. That's all I have to say about that. Well, he, the, you I, can't go as hard as you wanted to go because he didn't say it as crazy as it, it no, sounds. I'm bothered by unless you've caught, you shouldn't be commenting on those things. And the whole that he went off like anonymous. Look, we know, we all know it's not a secret. It's it's not a secret. We know that there were people in the organization, and whether Ross is one of them here and there, and it's okay. It's perfectly cool that most people, most pitchers, were frustrated. We heard Jim Deshays talk about it all the time mm-hmm. during broadcasts. JD didn't like some of the positioning and some of the jumpiness and and some not quiet not, back there. and and maybe didn't hold a, a pitch there to give the umpire a longer look. And and this was discussed in real time but don't say that don't say unless you've caught you shouldn't be commenting like at what level well Lawrence caught how many, how many college innings yeah I caught a lot Just, hundreds is that okay or do you have to catch the major league level yes you have to catch the minor league level. I, like come on he know he Rossi knows better than to say well unless you've done that you're not allowed to have it come on he but remember at the beginning of his I gives pause to if you didn't play I I get it I also think that I heard the stuff about Wilson from inside the the Cubs organization too. And I thought it was a little bit weird because I it, it did feel like they were kind of kicking him on the way out the door. And it, it seemed a little untoward to me. Whenever I would ask Rossi when I had him one-on-one about it, he seemed, and Joe was the same way, 
they both seemed like they were defending Wilson's ability to receive and call games, that they had seen steady enough improvement that it wasn't that big a deal to them. So I get some of the frustration. My issue where where I would probably side with you on this is Ken doesn't play the game of just making stuff up. You know, like this he's not one of those. No, I know for a fact he's not because we've we've talked to people about what pitchers like and what pitchers don't like. Not to mention look at how the Cubs pivoted with their catching. Like the proof is in is in the moves that they've made. What matters to them? This thing with Wilson Contreras is going to be fascinating to It's watch. a great story. And especially because of the guy he's replacing in St. Louis. Yeah, and and you know, you'll see him less because of the way that the schedules work now. But him going to the Cardinals and knowing what type of a emotional amplifier Wilson Contreras is and what's that what is that going to look like when he's on the other side. You know, Cubs fans, Cubs fans I think overall and I thought you saw it from the multiple times that Cubs fans thought that Wilson Contreras was traded, there is an affection for him. And honestly, like when you talk about the way that Javier Baez and Wilson Contreras play the game, that drew me to that era of Cubs. Like those two guys, and Baez is incredible, like natural skill and his baseball smarts. Like being on display, like game, you go, wow, like I I didn't know that you could do that. And then Wilson Contreras playing with a fire that other guys it, during that time didn't necessarily have. And I, I appreciated that. I liked it that there was a little bit of red ass in him, that he was willing to say some stuff to some guys who felt like they couldn't be said stuff. Sure. To. But first of all, that's a lot of that was seven, eight years ago. Agreed. And in that time period, catching has changed because pitching has evolved so fast. Yes. Pit, pitching has become so powerful, so dominant. The baseball has tilted so far in the direction of pitching that it's become more important than ever to make sure your pitchers are comfortable and happy and in a good place with everything they're throwing and think that they're getting the best chance to succeed. Agreed. We're going to talk some football next. This is a guy we've been trying to get on the show for a while, Nate Tice. So let's talk about the the free agency market and the Bears and Justin Fields. We're going to do that with him next here on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.